G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. So let's turn our attention to some biblical foundations, understanding and resolving conflict. While that horrific terror attack on Israel by Hamas on October 7th has divided the world, it has exposed the ugly face of Semitism, anti-Semitism, and we might be looking as to how a conflict like this could even be resolved. Is there biblical wisdom? Well, Andrew McColl is from Family Voice Australia. He's State Director for Queensland and back with us. Hey, Andrew, welcome back to 2020. It's nice to be with you again. Uh, Andrew, uh, you know, no one will doubt we're in the deep end here. So, uh, you know, the conflict that is continuing on, uh, you know, a lot of listeners will be aware that there is a pause uh, that's going to uh, happen, that's going to see some of the hostages released. Uh, but the ongoing conflict is, for many, uh, a real challenge. Uh, where do we start on thinking about, from a biblical view, how these sorts of things might become resolved? Well, Neil, we know that things are still pretty tough over there. Uh, we know that when we have conflicts it's important to handle them thoughtfully and carefully. And one plain principle we have from Scripture is, we, we find this in James chapter 4, verse 6, which says, God is, a pro- is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, this is a frightening thing, especially if we're considering international conflict. Are the leaders proud or are they humble? Conflicts are a test of our attitude, or at least someone's attitude. How will this be managed sensibly? And the other text that comes to mind, I've quoted before, is the one from Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3, which says, Keeping away from strife is an honour for a man, but any fool will quarrel. Now, is there anyone in this conflict trying to keep away from strife? And if not what will be the likely outcome? A lot of people will describe this conflict as an asymmetric uh, conflict. It's not even. People are not playing by the same rules on both sides. Uh, Where do we start, uh, perhaps, thinking about a biblical foundation, Uh, the thoughts that we might have about good leaders, uh, or even the contrast, good leaders, bad leaders? Where do we start here? Well, we do find... There's a fair bit in Scripture about this. We know that good leaders are obliged to see storms coming and to take appropriate steps. I think it was Enoch Powell who said that the mark of a statesman is to avoid preventable evils. And Jesus said, what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000 men. That's Luke chapter 14, verse 31. 
So counting the costs of actions we're considering includes both action and inaction. Ideally, good leaders should want to protect those they lead, like the good shepherd that Jesus spoke of, resolving matters with neighbours peaceably. Jesus said that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, John chapter 10, verse 11. That doesn't mean he's a pacifist, but it does mean his career, his future and his ego are expendable for the sake of those he's he's leading. That's the nature of loving leadership. You know, people have been dissecting the conflict and recognizing Israel's right to defend itself. And there's all sorts of positions that people might be, you know, talking about going in all guns blazing uh, or rolling over and then personally being on the end of receiving consequences, which may even mean massacre for a people. I mean, there's all sorts of major Uh, ramifications for decisions made here is there anything we can glean from scripture around how you might have a cool head or a level head or a wise head uh, on your shoulders when you're thinking about how you move towards some level of resolution well we, we do find in genesis chapter 26 when isaac is threatened by the philistines did he have right on his side The Philistines didn't think so. They disputed his possession of the land in that chapter. God had given him promises, but did he have the right to take issue with the Philistines when everyone then was essentially squatting on land they hadn't paid for? Isaac decided a fight wasn't justified. He moved away, preserving everything except those wells that he dug and left behind. They were a sunk cost for him, but that was a modest price to pay to avoid a dangerous war. Then what did he do? He dug more wells. Why was this a lot better? Avoiding dangerous conflicts is a lot better than starting something you cannot finish. Was this a compromise? Well, we can call it what we will. Isaac saved his family and his household from war and retained his extensive livestock business and his workforce with all of their learnt skills. Later, God vindicated prudent Isaac with his visitation and blessings. Even the Philistines acknowledged this. They said, We see plainly that the Lord has been with you and let us make a covenant with you. That's Genesis 26, verse 28. Somewhere in the future is going to be sitting around a table. And as Christians, uh, no doubt, uh, we would all see that all lives are valuable. Uh, All lives, whether on one side or another. But there are promises from God around Israel and possession of the land and uh, a recognition of their rights and their own sovereignty. And then there are the other big players in the mix here that could see the escalation onto something of a major worldwide conflict. Uh, What are you thinking about the possibilities of what could eventuate from today? Well, what we we have to ask ourselves even another question, Neil, what, what do we know about Israel's Prime Minister 
Benjamin Netanyahu, and the US President, Mr. Biden. Both of them are under corruption in investigations, which, frankly, they've been trying to cover up. I mean, whose son was it who possessed a rather infamous laptop? Uh, Mr. Biden recently claimed that we are the essential nation and that there is nothing beyond our capacity. But he's moved into a foreign policy fairyland, ready to turn a local conflict into a regional one. In fact, he's challenging his enemies all at once. Mr. Netanyahu is in a lot of trouble at home with serious allegations of corruption, both he and his wife. Wikipedia says a few things about him. In 2019, he broke another record when he became the first serving Israeli leader to face criminal prosecutions while in office. He's alleged to have accepted gifts from billionaires and traded favours with media and telecom moguls. He's got charges against him of bribery and fraud. This is just straight off the internet. And he faces time in prison if convicted for these. He's managed to get his way around the law by which and his attempts have given him control of the judiciary. Now, we know in a Western nation, when politicians can control the judiciary, that is not a good place to be. Just before the invasion by Hamas in, on October the 7th, Israelis were marching in the streets by the thousands, calling for his resignation over corruption. If it wasn't for this war, he'd be in court and probably in jail. So not looking good. Now, the Russians believe that Western society is decaying morally. We have to ask ourselves, well, hey, are they correct? At any time, the Turkish and Iranian forbearance with Israel may wear thin. Both these nations have well-prepared modern military forces and they're both plainly Muslim, just like Hamas and Hezbollah. Combined and with conventional forces alone, they would easily defeat Israel. So, hey, things are not looking flash over there. We've got the matter of the US, which has naval units, including carriers in the Mediterranean, with nuclear weapons on both sides. So the potential for escalation is clearly present. It's not looking positive unless something changes. Interesting, isn't it, uh, to have a humble recognition and uh, where there's smoke, there's fire often in all sorts of corruption allegations and uh, very well to be able to draw out uh, some of those allegations against uh, the leaders in Israel. But, of course, there is that contrast, isn't there? Uh, the enemies of Israel, like Hamas, uh, aligned with the groups like ISIS or Boko Haram, uh, enemies of Israel that want to annihilate them, um, we might not think for a moment that they're any way on any moral high ground. Uh, but it is interesting, isn't it, to recognise that there are weaknesses on both sides and there are imperfect people who are going to be a part of any negotiation for any worthwhile, long, uh, peaceful resolution. Uh, how, do we, how do we think about you know, the possibilities of what happens moving forward from here? What are your thoughts here as you, we conclude this conversation? 
Well, what we know, as I said from Scripture, from Genesis and Neil, is that Isaac was able to avoid a dangerous conflict through taking decisive action, preventing bloodshed for his family. And God blessed him in that. In that very area today, the West has two delusional leaders accused of corruption ready to take on two of the Middle East's major players, Turkey and Iran. The question we come back to is, will anyone change their attitude before the shooting starts? I want to close with a quote from Colonel Douglas McGregor, who anyone can find on YouTube, who said recently, Biden comes out of the kindergarten school of statesmanship. He's providing the perfect storm to destroy himself. Uh, There are challenges uh, so far as leaders on every side. And uh, a little addendum to the thoughts about what's happening in Israel now. And I was encouraged in a conversation just recently talking about the conflict where Israel now, uh, with the conflict, is said to be never more united Uh, even experiencing a new level of spirituality. So there are all sorts of consequences from uh, these sorts of things in conflict and even leaders apologising to one another over division, Uh, soldiers singing psalms on the way to battle and calling on the Lord. Uh, There's some very interesting developments that are happening spiritually too in the nation of Israel and uh, no doubt we'll be doing some more on those things uh, in times coming. But it is good to get some level of balance and insight around the fact that there are no perfect players in any of these things And there are challenging times ahead as we move forward and some sort of expectation that there might be cool heads, level heads, rational heads. And some are going to say there's a lot of irrational people who are involved in this debate. But look, always great getting your insights. Uh, Really appreciate you, Andrew McColl. Andrew is State Director for Family Voice Australia, the state of Queensland. To connect with Andrew at familyvoice.org.au familyvoice.org.au. Andrew, thanks so much for your update once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.